Sparides and happy hump day. Um, how is she going today? Not too bad. It's um, you know, it's sunny, it's in the high 30s, maybe low 40s. I don't even know, but um, it feels a lot warmer today than it has the last couple days, and I think it's trending to warmer weather, potentially even could get into the 70s next week in really? some parts of Minnesota, not here, maybe in the southern part of the state. Like the southern left corner? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think this week or even like a little bit of last week, there, like, there was just, I was driving and like doing some errands, just some like basic things and like everybody just seemed angry. <laughs> I don't know if it was, maybe I was too. Yeah. I don't even know, but yeah. it just seemed like the colder weather, snow on the ground, people weren't ready for it. Plus, I was talking to somebody today as well about, we didn't even really get to enjoy the not winter part of the, of the year. Like the not winter, not summer. Like, like the spring and summer. Yeah. Because there, you know there was so much anxiety around COVID and things were getting canceled and things weren't open Yeah, and, and it got better as the summer went on and into the fall. And like, you know, certainly, Hey, just because you can't go to a concert doesn't mean you can't go hiking in the woods. So like there were things you could do, but I think there was just a lot of anxiety around just this new world we're living in. And so all of a sudden we wake up and now it's late October and there's snow on the ground and it's winter again and it's flu season and everybody's going to die in the election. And it's like, yeah, I think all that just came out like, like the, this past week. Yeah. But hopefully the sunny day and a little bit warmer weather will um, you know, give people a fun Halloween weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, we're gearing up to go to Indy here in a couple of weeks or not a couple of weeks, couple of days. Yep. Um, you know, hopefully get a successful tournament, you know, under our belts here. And, um, you know, I know COVID's ramping up or whatever is going on in the world, but, you know, hopefully we get to play some lacrosse yeah. and, and, uh, you know, kind of get, get back after it here. Um, you know, not a lot of sports going on, but did you check out the baseball game? I, I didn't, but I did hear about, maybe a crazy ending or something like that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it either. Um, and then, you know, this is all kind of like secondhand information, you know, what I read, what I listen to, whatever, but, um, you know, analytics, um, I know it's kind of a, I guess if you're, a, if you're a hardcore sports fan, you know, analytics are, you know, they, they even made a movie about it, you know, yeah. money, money yeah. ball and whatever. So, you know, it, it's something that kind of behind the scenes and maybe the hardcore fan, you know, are into and, um, you know, spitting chiclets, you know, talks about it. Like, are you a believer of analytics? Are you like anti-analytics? And there's a situation that arose, but I guess that'll be my first question. You know, what's your kind of gut? You know, we have to dive too deep into it yet, but are you an analytics guy or are you a non-analytics guy? Honestly, I've never, I've never been in a position to really use it. Um, I've never coached um, at that level where I have a team that, is providing me with such in-depth information to help yeah. me make decisions. Um, you know, as a club lacrosse coach, you know, you go to out in the summer and you have, make it a fun experience. There's a, certainly some coaching decisions you make, but you know, they're small in relative to yeah. what, you know, a, a division one college coach is making or a professional coach or something. Um, and, and even when I coached college, you know, as a growing program, you know, we were worried yeah. about other things, trying to build the program, trying to get players versus, you know, studying the analytics of our game. Um, 
I think that it's if I so if I were in that position, I think that I would use it as a guide um, to make decisions. But I, I don't think I would be the type to be like the the numbers say this, so that's what I'm gonna do. I, sure. At least from my my you know experience in life as running a business. Yeah. Sometimes the numbers say one thing, but I I feel strongly about something else, or I have a gut reaction, and I, I always go with my gut. Okay. So I would assume I would coach the same way. Yeah. Fair enough. And um, you know, we we. I guess my playing experience, you know, I wasn't at uh, a top five lacrosse college or anything like yeah. that. So maybe they're using analytics in a, in a different way. Um, you know, if maybe if we interview a player or coach at that level, you know, maybe we could talk, talk with him about it. But, um, you know, my personal experience is, you know, we looked, we looked at the analytics, you know, we, 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 you know, looked at the shots or, you know, looked at yeah. you know where we shooting from a little bit, but it wasn't like, I guess, and lacrosse is different than baseball. So we we weren't making major decisions that I'm aware of based on analytics. But, you know, we, we checked it out, whatever. Uh, but baseball, you know, they're... They're they're, they're more into it in baseball. They're very they? into it. Like, it's, that's a... Like, there's, like, a whole counterculture of baseball around, like, analytics. And what is that even called? What's that... Um, there's, like, a name for it. Uh around like the, the 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 practice of using analytics um I'll I'll look it up while you talk. Okay. So baseball um you know if you if you've seen the money or sorry if you've seen the movie Moneyball um you know there there's been kind of a a movement where you know they're 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 making financial business player um and and now even in-game decisions based on analytics. Saber metric. Saber metric. I think, you know, with analytics and the saber metrics, kind of where they're moving to, especially in baseball um, and, and, and other sports, you know, they, they're making personnel decisions. You've kind of heard that with um, Arizona Coyotes. Their old GM was, you know, was really diving into that. And, and that's been in baseball for years now. But now it's like almost diving into... Um, in-game decisions. And it takes emotion out of the decision of, hey, like, if we just stick to this, this is the result we're going to get. Yep. And, you know, boom. And we're going to get our 120 wins over the 180-game season or or whatever it is. So exactly like you said, takes the emotion out of it. Um, Not to dive too deep into it, but, you know, hopefully that kind of gives a a decent recap. But fast forward to Game 6, um, MLB World Series World Series Championships. Sorry, I'm not a huge baseball guy. We're in the World Series, and this guy's on a heater. Pitcher. The, this for pitcher's the Rays, right? Tampa Bay Rays. Yes. Yep. Tampa Bay because they lost. So it was Tampa Bay's um, pitcher and starting pitcher, and he he was hashtag in one. He was, and, and it was going into the third rotation of LA's. Order. Order of yeah. batting. And um the top of the order, he already struck out the first guy twice, the second guy twice, the third guy twice. Okay. So at, for those that are baseball people, we call that pitching a gem. He was pitching a gem. Okay. Is that is yeah, that what the, like, the baseball people say? That's what they say. Right? Okay. They so the, pitch, he was pitching a gem. Like okay. obviously this guy was dialed in. Yes. Like not only just, you know, surviving, but he he was 
making guys look silly. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the game. I, I again, don't follow it a ton, but yeah. Um, so like the, he was he was you know performing at a very high level. Again, I didn't watch it either. You know, this is second or third hand reporting now. Like you yeah, know, this yeah. is off of what I'm reading <laughs> and what I you know because I'm a big yeah. sports guy, so I'm reading sports in the morning. I'm listening to you know the radio and, and sports guys. So this is you know what they're saying. And so this pitcher is in one, and he's dialed in whatever. And I don't know if it was in the middle. I, I think it was in the middle of an inning yeah. because he because the manager came out and yanked him because he had up he had, according to the metrics he like finished his amount of time. Yep, and they're going in the third. Yep. the third for for this pitcher or this staff third or the rotation. Analyst, he he after two full rotations, he's done no matter yep. what. And so they they took no weight into the fact that the guy was pitching a gem. It was just like this is what the analytics are telling us. We're going to make that decision. Yeah. Okay, so, so he he's they done. Them. They yank him. Right. They they're going to their bullpen, bringing in. You know, I don't know if it was their relievers or their what what they call the middle pitchers. Yeah, middle reliever, middle relief, relief pitchers, relief yeah. pitchers, whatever. Okay. So, um, and they end up losing the game. They end up losing game six. And they were down three two, so they lost. So so they lost the World Series. That, yeah, that, they, they they lost the World Series. And I think I remember seeing online a lot of people, um, being like, you know, terrible decision. You know, you can't you can't pull a guy that's you know playing that well. You know, and a, a starting pitcher in a baseball game is a very like important position. It's not like yeah. the left fielder had like two really good. You know, pop up, pop fly catches. Yeah, like this guy has the ball every, every time he, to start yeah, every yes. play, and and was controlling the game. Essentially, if you're starting pitchers on fire, the other team has no chance to really generate anything. Yeah, and it's not uncommon from my very limited baseball knowledge. Like you're in the playoffs, and you got a starting pitcher, and he's hot. Yeah, like I've seen pitchers pitch the whole game. Yeah, like when they're hot, like yeah. no hitters, you know, whatever, or what, shutouts. Like, yeah. like could you ride this guy the whole game? Yeah, and generally the thought I think in baseball with pitchers is that, like, if you're in June and you're every time you're letting your 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 ace pitcher go the distance and let him run and let him. By the yeah. time you get to October, yes. you know their arm is shot. But you're in Game Six of the World Series. If you lose, you're done. If you win, you only have one more game anyway. And I would assume, I don't, again, I don't like to assume, but I would assume that most pit starting, you know, or most like MLB baseball players, yeah, are willing to destroy their arm in a situation like they don't care about their arm health yes. in Game Six of the World Series. Maybe you know they they don't want to be beat up all through the season, you know, for a long term career right, right. risk, but to win a World Series or to survive to Game Seven. You know, a guy would be like, I don't care if my arm hurts. I'm, I'm going to pitch till it falls off. Yes. Um, would be my assumption. Again, I don't, I'm not in their locker room. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the thought, I think, with the general public was, like, you, you can't pull a guy who's hot and, and just look at the numbers without really understanding, like, the situation yeah. of where you are. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty though. Because if, if the analytics say pull him and he's like, no, the guy's hot and the next inning gets shelled for 12 runs because, you know, his arm got tired. Everybody be like, why didn't you stick with the metrics? Yep. So, lose-lose situation for him. Sure. Um, two things with that. One, um, 
you know, momentum, yeah. you know, momentum in sports is a very real thing. Yeah. Um, and momentum was clearly in that pitcher's. Yeah. You know, he had the momentum right there. It, it was, it was a very interesting decision to, um, I guess go like middle of the inning and pull them. Like generally you see that happen. Like, Oh, they're doing bad. So you go out and you stop everybody and it's like embarrassing for the guy or right. whatever. Right. Like you would think that maybe, like, you you'd kind of let it ride a little bit longer and see what happens. Yeah, just a little and, bit, and, or like let him finish the inning and then we're gonna make a change. Yeah. But again, I I don't know baseball well enough to know like how that works and like yeah. like it, what are the ramifications of doing that versus just doing it the way they did it. Um, you know, I I played baseball a little bit. I follow it a little bit, but I have never played at a level again where. Like some of the game management stuff comes right, into play, right. um, so uh, it's tough because as a competitor, you would assume that that guy is like, like I'm having one of my best nights. Like you got to just give the ball, like you know, overcoach a little. Like he was yeah. overcoaching or he, overmanaging. Right. Like you know, we've seen in sports just across the years and across all sports, like. The um, like the, certain players have performances that kind of defy logic. Wh- whatever it is in them, just competitiveness, heart, whatever you want to call it. Like we call that like poise or being clutch. Yeah. Where it's like this guy shouldn't even be standing yet, or gal. I mean, I don't want to just say guy, like guy or gal. Player. The player, and it, like they continue to perform even after much past like what you would assume would be a normal. I think it could be age. It could be any in the game. It could be um, playing with injury. You know, it could be, you know, a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, You know, you see it with, you know, older quarterbacks and, and, and whatnot, but um, you know, and and another thing um, that I kind of wanted to take it with, you know, you could, you you don't want to overcoach, but you know, it's also a team sport. Yeah. You know, so that that player is like, okay, like, you know, I, I got a teammate. Ho- hopefully, that next pitcher, yeah, um, you know, does his job. If everybody does their job, yeah. right, we're gonna win. But have a conversation with the guy. Like, like, <laughs> how about you go check? Even if it's the middle of the inning, yeah, go talk to him. And be like, hey, how, how's your arm feeling? Yeah. Are, are you still in one? Yeah, like, like you got to have a little bit of a relationship, give and take. Yeah, you I, know, I, with it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with you. I think. It, it's tough to, I, and and who knows? Like maybe they had a conversation before the game, being like, "We're sticking to it. I don't care if you're, if you're pitching a gem or if you're getting shelled. Like right. we're sticking to this." And 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 I, you know, I don't know if the owner of the team is like, "Hey, Mister Manager, like I don't care what you think. You're sticking to this. And if you want to have a job next year, like yeah. there's so many factors we don't know. And yeah. it's easy as spectators to say, like, why didn't they let this guy pitch? Um, you know, but it, it, it certainly was like, ouch, you know, like yeah. guys having a, his game of his life or, you know, playing as high of a level as he can play and you pull him, and then that moment momentum shifts. Like maybe, you know, the Dodgers were like, Oh great. Blood smell blood in the water. We have a chance now. Like maybe they didn't think right. they had a chance. Like baseball is very psychological. I mean, all sports are, but like when a pitcher's like got his stuff going, it, it's like 
what I do you just do? feel like it, it, it's, a, it's a basically it's, a one-on-one. It's hard one, enough you know? yeah. to hit a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, but, like, when you're thinking about it before it comes, like, oh, I wonder what he – like, then you're screwed. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the best – you know, the best players in sports, like, don't think about anything. They, they just go out and they just do it. Yeah. And, like, the as soon as you start thinking about, um, like, okay, all right, I wonder what pitch is coming and how am I going to hit this? You don't have enough time when it's coming in at 95. Yeah. Like, to, to think about that. You just have to rely on your muscle memory. So, like, when, like, as a pitcher starts, like, you're like, dang, like, this guy got me the first time. Now he got me again. Like you're going up to your third at bat, those first three guys in the order. Yeah, you're, you're going up to your third at bat with this guy, and he struck you out twice. You're thinking about striking out in your mind. You're not like, <laughs> man, I can't wait to ding this one to the upper deck. Like you're just thinking about, like, God, I hope I get, I hope I get a bat on the ball. Here. Yeah, hopefully I get make some contact. And like that's a moment, that's a psychological advantage. And yeah. then they bring in the relievers who are probably very good pitchers. But it's like, great, clean slate. Now I can maybe get a bat on this. Right, right. So it is interesting. There's a there's like an aspect to the whole psychological right part of it. Then you know that analytics will not like that. It won't measure. It won't measure momentum, and it won't measure just you know. You talk about like basketball players where just everything that leaves their hand goes in. Right. You know those Kobe and Michael Jordan days where it was just like in LeBron where it's just they they score seventy seven points because they just. I'm just going to shoot this one and, you know, there's three guys in their face and they hit it from 90 feet or whatever, you know, it's like crazy, but. Yeah, that was going to kind of be my last point of like, you know, analytics, you know, over the long period of time, they're going to tell, tell you a story. They're going to give you some guidance. Um, You know, maybe they help prevent, you know, that arm injury for the pitcher, you know, uh, you know, maintaining them over the full season. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's pro- it's a it's a tool to have in your in your toolbox. Yeah. Um, but when it's playoffs, when it's a singular game, when literally everything's on the line, yeah. I, I don't know if you throw it away. I don't know if you throw the analytics away, but they probably go lower on your list of importance. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I, I for like again for me I I probably would would I would probably have a harder time doing an analytical philosophy of something that's just not my makeup. Yeah. Um again, you know, I if you're coaching professional sports, you might not have the decision on what you get to do, yeah. you know, exactly, but um I'm with you. I I probably you know, would have to be willing to throw that out and be like, you know, Hey, we're going to stick with you. Like you're, you're doing great or whatever, you know, or just, you know, let the players play, let the players perform. But again, it's easy to say sitting here, I'm not in the dugout in game six, the world series, you know? So, you know, and, and we're, we're athletes, we're coaches. Um, you know, we're, I'm decent at math, but I'm not a big math guy. Um, you know, maybe somebody with a different, uh, I'm thinking of gamblers, like like people yeah. who count cards, or or maybe even uh, maybe some Texas Hold'em guys. You know, they're they're big on math, they're big on chance. Yeah. Like everything's very calculated in their in their bets yeah. and their decisions. I wonder if they'd be like, oh yeah, you pull that picture. Like yeah, the, that, you know, the analytics, the math. Probably, says that. I, I would I would think if that if you're in that mindset, it's yeah. just like. They they think of it in in the long run, yeah. Versus like the quick hit kind of thing, you know, right. from a gambler or a poker player's perspective, and like 
And, and you, I, I'm not saying you're a huge poker player. Have you, I know you played a little bit of poker in yeah, your day. I, I do like into that? to play. Um, I've, I've tried personally, I've tried to be like, you know, I've read some like books on like poker analytics and philosophy just okay. to like understand it. Yeah. And like, there's certainly been some great players that have like really stuck to being like math people yeah. and like just no emotion. Like they, they make the correct decision all the time. And like, yes, they have bad luck, but their correct decisions outweigh the bad luck. And they, they never win a lot, but they consistently win, win, which okay. like builds and builds and builds, yep. you know, um, it's, it's probably no different than investing in stocks. It's like, if you're going to try to hit like a, you know, a penny stock that has a huge, crazy jump sure. and make millions and millions of dollars, like you, there are people that have had that luck, but if you try to do that every time, you're probably going to lose more often. Like there's probably somebody who's one doing that, Sure, but that's not like really a smart long-term strategy versus solid companies, uh, you know, a little bit of return over the long run, um, you know, build it slowly. And I think poker's kind of the same way. Again, um, I when I play poker, I do it for entertainment. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't care. I I, I don't care if I'm gonna, I want to win, but like, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's more to for fun. Sure. Even though there is money on the line, quote unquote, but it, it's it's small stakes enough. Yeah, where you're, it's like, you're not keeping your lights so on. So for with me, poker, yeah. the I would rather like make the quote unquote stupid play for the chance of being lucky and having fun and like just having a good time yeah. over sitting there and doing nothing for six hours and playing two hands because like the book says that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. And, and you may or may not know that, you know, the answer to this, but you know, poker players, maybe they're in a tournament, you know, yeah. maybe in the world series of poker and, and you know, there's, 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 maybe they stick to the book you know, in the early tables. They're building it up, building yeah. it up you know, when they get to that final table, is that when they start taking chances or, or do they stick to the book? Do they stick with the pitching rotation? I would say, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't, I'm not super involved in like yeah. poker tournaments yeah. and stuff, yeah. but yep. Yep. from when I used to follow like the world series of poker, yeah. it seemed like the people who won or made the final table had to take some sort of chance and, and go against conventional thought or conventional wisdom and, and hit something like yeah. you have to, you can be really smart, but like, you know, at everything in life, there is an aspect of like unknown or like luck. If you want to call it luck or just chance in yeah. everything yeah. that you, you have to, I think there's, I think there's like, you know, we call it, what do we call it, like calculated risk in a sense of like, you don't want to just, be reckless, but at the same time, if you, if you only do what the book says, and this I'm using the book in quotes, like the yeah, analytics yeah, yeah. all the time, yeah. you know, nothing's a hundred percent. So like this particular decision by this manager could have been the one time out of a thousand that it didn't work out. So like, if you look at a thousand decisions that he's made, 
on analytics. Maybe they they made it to the World Series, so maybe he made a lot of good decisions. Right. This was the one, but it happened to be in a situation where it was like the one time you couldn't make a bad decision. And all the cameras are on, and all the lights. And, you know, and the I think lights like, are the brightest. Yeah, and- like poker could be the same. You know, the same thing is like you you could sit there and play top ten hands and just like have no emotion and just you know bore yourself to death. But like the best hand at the start doesn't always win the pot. Yeah. Because there is an aspect of chance and luck. So there is a art form to it of like, you have to know when to take your chance, I think, but you, you have to be willing to take a chance and go against like, it says to do this, but I, I feel like we should do this instead. Yeah. Um, and you know that, that risk tolerance, I think it's very, uh, very different. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, yeah, all, all good points. And, um, you know, I think, I think we're probably pretty much on the same page about, yeah. about, about yeah. our thinking yeah. on, on, on this type of stuff. Um, you know, another, another, uh, kind of sports thing and, and, you know, kind of business thing, um, to kind of combine, combine, you know, our conversation, um, you know, documenting versus creating, I know Gary V, um, a guy you and me, you know, both follow, he's big on that for like marketing and, yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, things you do in your business, like just document what you're doing you know, versus trying to create something, you know, yeah. kind of out of the blue, it's, it's harder. And, um, I, I guess, I don't know all the, all the reasons why he, he says that I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but you know, he says just document versus creating, um, kind of one thing or, you know, one thing I saw kind of confirmed that, you know, that I kind of got sucked into on YouTube, um, was, you know, the penguins kind of season recap video that documented, you know, kind of 2020, yeah. Um, you know, kind of going back to, you know, February, March, you know, where they were at the, in the season then, then kind of COVID hit. And I was like, oh, you know, they kind of, you know, showed back into, you know, March, like, oh, NBA shut down, then the NHL shut down. You know, what was, what were the Penguins doing, you know, yeah. during that time and behind the scenes and on, on that stuff. And, um, you know, hindsight's 2020, we can't go back and document our 2020 and, yeah. and our COVID shutdown, but. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it was like an interesting reminder of, you know, we gotta, we gotta keep documenting and, and, um, and I enjoy like the behind the scenes of sports. Like, yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of people actually like behind the scenes of things that they're interested in, you know, and, um, that's like maybe one of the upsides of social media is that it, it, it is pretty easy to, you know, pull out your phone and document 10, 15 seconds of something you're doing. Even like the, the production quality won't be high, right? but the, but the, um, the quality of like the, the content, it could be high for someone that's interested in that, even though they don't care if, if it's edited right or, right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's funny because, creating something like creating a, like a work of art in your, in, in lack of better terminology, whether that's your, an actual art, like piece of like painting like yeah. an artwork or like a podcast or a, you know, whatever it is, video. I think like the, um, like I'm a very creative person. Like it's one of my strongest skill sets. Yeah. And even I like as a very creative person has a very hard time, like, you can't just snap your fingers and create something like yeah. it, like the the vibe has to be right and you got to have time and you got to um 
you gotta like like your desk has to be clean and like there's just a lot of things that need to happen yeah to like to really create something like start to finish and so there's a lot of friction there like there's like there's so many like boxes that need to be checked to like create something yeah like that the chance of all those boxes being checked is low, which is means that the chance of it getting done is low mm. or being created. Yeah. But documenting without having any, um, any, I guess any regard for like the creation and the, like the, like the, the editing, the editing and the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. creating of it is like, there's no friction because like you are going to live your life every day regardless of what you're doing or if you're going to create or not, like right. you're going to go, you know, get gas for your car and you're going to go to work and you're going to go yeah. home and, and uh, whatever it is. Yeah. And so you can just document that and there's no, there's no friction on getting it done. And yeah. I think that's where like, I know that why Gary V pushes it because it gets people started. Um, and, it's actually funny because then someone's like, well, like the content's going to suck. It's going to be like grainy video and like it's unedited. And something like he always says, well, that's for the person consuming it to judge, not right. for you. Like what you think is good is not what your customer thinks is good or what your potential customer thinks is good or your fan or your whatever. Like, you know, like if you ask musicians, like what's your your most favorite song it's probably the one all the fans hate the most and like the one they hate is their biggest hit yeah because like they took all this time to create their special song and like nobody really got it because it came from a place that's personal to them yeah yet they threw something out there and like it becomes a huge hit and they're like you know what the hell like (laughs) so um i think it's kind of the same thing like with the penguins you know you you love hockey yeah and sports, so like seeing what professional athletes were doing when their job got basically furloughed, for lack of better terminology, yeah. like they're just like we're done playing. Well, like what are those guys going to do? Right, you know, and right. you got to see that, and it was interesting to you, even though like it probably wasn't you know amazing quality. I'm sure it got edited and like because they have a team of people yeah, to do that. You know, but yeah, yes. they put some things together and whatever. But yeah, like parts of the video were guys at their homes doing zoom, like they were doing zoom meetings and they were doing, it was the coach in the, in the penguins front office alone. He was the only one there. Like, cause yeah. you know, everyone's everyone yeah. left and whatever. So, um, so yeah, it was just kind of a, kind of a cool video. And yeah. I, 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 I'm a sucker for behind the scenes. Yeah. I, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hand yeah. to that. Like Fair behind enough. the scenes, NHL, um, like, content yeah. like that that gets me going like yeah. fire me up i i'm a sucker for that um you know we're kind of we're kind of running short on time here for for classes do you do you want to should we dive into one more quick topic or yeah, should we save i uh, think you know the analytics thing what like went yeah. on probably a little longer than we anticipated anticipated yeah. but that's fine you know yeah. no i think it's interesting and i, I don't know if anybody's doing like lacrosse analytics i've seen a little bit but i don't know if anybody's really using it or not yeah like there's like crossover right crossover huddle and and they give you some stats i don't know how deep they dive into the analytics yeah i know somebody like that lax film room guy on twitter yeah yeah yeah, you know he's a big analytics guy and i think he actually got like partnered up with inside lacrosse and does some of that for them during the college season okay but 
I was for a while there was like some talk about trying to come up with a metric for lacrosse players that's similar to plus minus in hockey. Okay. Um, because you can't really do plus minus in lacrosse because you have offensive players and defensive players. So like right. a D midi is going to have like a really crappy plus minus, like even if they're great. Right. Because like, it's going to be minus because they only are on the field for defense. And yeah. like they, there's a couple transition goals. They might be out there for sure. But like an O midi, like might have 10, 10,000 turnovers in a year by yeah. taking stupid shots, right. but is only on the field when we score and subs off before the goal. So like they, they couldn't hmm. really use they couldn't really use that exact metric to really tell the story. Yeah. But they were trying to come up with a metric for players, I guess, like value when they're on the field. Like, you know, like what value do they add? Like there's value for stopping goals. There's value for getting goals. Like there's value to picking up ground balls to yeah, that lead yeah. to goals. So they were, and I don't know if that ever was figured out or if it ever happened. I don't if somebody know. knows, they can certainly message us, but I'd be, I'd be very intrigued and interested to dive deeper into lacrosse analytics. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of one, one thing metric or, or whatever, like our goal as a, as a team was, or, or kind of like the standard was like, you gotta be, you gotta be scoring on a 30 year shots, a 30 year possessions. Yeah. So like 33% of your shots and, and, and possessions, like we're, we got to score. Yeah. And on the flip side, we got to stop more than two thirds of like, we can't get scored on more than two thirds of, of our defensive possessions. Yeah. Like we, if, if, if we're preventing yeah. goals on, on two thirds. So those are like more team stats, more team analytics, like more, you and, know, and I know with baseball, they seem to value it's more individual metrics. I feel like, like it's like this guy does this for us. Yeah. And like, that's what I would be interested in lacrosse is, is because you may think that one guy adds a lot of value to your offense. Like, hey, let's put our three best dodging midfielders out there together. Like, our three best guys, put them all out there on the same line. But, yeah. like, do you actually get – is it better value to put someone who isn't a dodger and just likes to pass the ball to those guys? Is that better for your offense right. because they actually don't take a lot of shots or they do, they like to pass first or they – they just occupy space great. They're <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It would be like, you know, like I'm going to sound like a gamer nerd, but like yeah. NHL, right? Like when you match up, if you match up uh, a three playmakers on the same line, yeah. Like your chemistry is like minus two. Yeah. But if you got a playmaker, a sniper, and a, and a power forward, yeah. You're like plus three because yeah. you, you, yeah, you, exactly. you got a guy who's going to. You know, be a great F one. He's gonna, you know, get yeah. that first hit. You got the guy who's gonna set up the sniper, and you got the sniper who's gonna put the puck in the back and, of that. And the other thing too is like those hidden guys on your or gals on your roster that yeah. that aren't flashy players. Like you, you obviously have your you know your stud player that's gonna score a lot of goals. You have your lockdown defender, like your goalie, right? Like yeah, your faceoff yeah. guy. Like those are like really key positions. But like you know, it, it just because. Like your wing face off wing short stick. Yeah. Like you would probably just throw your best D mid out there. Your best short stick D mid. 
but that's a senior that's been around that knows the defense. But is there a sophomore that actually ends up getting more ground? Like, do they do other things right, like, right. like a little bit better? So it's like, actually, that's the guy that should be on the wing on faceoffs, and then we get him off, you know, to play. Like, even though we lose a little value on defense, we actually gain more value by winning more ground balls, leading to more possessions. So we right. score more goals. So it's actually better for us to have that person, like those little things. Yeah. I, I That's where I would get interested in. And it's like, hey, like actually this person that doesn't say much, but does these couple things really well, actually makes our team better. Yeah. And I, and I think at the higher levels, right, you can, you can give guys those individual type yeah. roles. But it, I feel like it'd be harder... Like and and I feel like you'll you'll you kind of figure out who each guy is, but like baseball, there's so much film, there's so many stats. Yeah. Like they know, like they literally like can assign a person a number. Like <laughs> that that yeah. person's a point six four three, and so he's gonna do this, like or yeah, whatever. You yeah. know, he's gonna so because there's just so many more stats. I feel like and and they yeah. they document better. Yeah, they do. They, they yeah. document the player better than. Maybe we do in lacrosse. I don't know. You know I, I don't know. I think so. So, like, that's where I think analytics could serve a, a coach is, like, kind of those those sneaky players that, like, maybe are contrarian to, to what the general public would think. Like, hey, you want so-and-so out there. It's like, actually, no, I don't. I want this guy or gal because they actually do something else better that leads to more possession or whatever it is, you know, like yeah. we just talked about. But yeah. Um, and at, at like the highest levels, pro division one, you know, any college, like any yeah. high level college, even high school and pro like two or three possessions, a game Makes over the difference. course of a season that's a is, this, is that's going to separate you winning a championship and not, yeah. or, you know, making the, the final or not making like, like even if it's one possession a game. Yeah, like though, like every bounce matters at at the higher levels. Where it, at a certain point, everybody's like equal on paper, yeah. and who who's gonna win that game? And it's like you have the 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 formula, you know. I so again, we we didn't dive too deep into it, but I remember I'm having a flashback right now to a team meeting, and I can't I can't I don't know if it was like Canisius or who it was, but. I remember at that time, like Colin was like, this team wants a lot of transactions. Like they want, they want, they want a lot of possessions on both sides. Like they, maybe an Egan, like, yeah. like they, they don't care if they cause a lot of turnovers or, or, or like, or throw the commit ball away, turnovers, yeah. commit turnovers, um, you know, a, a few extra times than, and then maybe a normal opponent. Like, mm-hmm. They're they're playing a little more free ball. They're gonna force crease. They're gonna look for the star pass. Like they they want a lot of transactions. Yeah. So the goal that week was to slow the game down. Yeah. Because if we that's not our style. Like if we yeah. get into a track meet with them and we're going back and forth, that's we're gonna. I think it was Sienna. I think it was Sienna. Sienna. I, th- I believe it was Sienna. I think they were they were the high transaction type team. They they wanted to make it a track meet. Yeah. And um. I know, uh, and sorry to cut you off. I know on Jamie Monroe's podcast, he had Jeff Tambroni on it of Penn State, and he um, he was talking about that with their offense of um, 
like they don't care about possession time. They just want to make sure like they evaluate like it, did the shot was it a good shot from a good spot? Yeah. And if it was ten seconds into a possession, then fine. But we Got have to it. get an X amount of offensive like quality offensive shots a game. Okay. Uh, versus necessarily like we want to have the ball for a certain amount of time. You know, maybe that's kind of early, you know, early. I'm sure lacrosse analytics are probably as low as they'll get. It's only going to go higher as, as the sport, you know, grows. And and that's a good example of, you know, looking a little deeper than, okay, we're going to put PMAC on this guy. Like, you know, individual, like personnel matchups. Yeah, that's kind of another team. Yeah. You know, analytic and and whatever. And, and, um, but yeah, so... Anyway, I, I think it'd be cool to um, interview somebody that's, like, into lacrosse analytics. I'm not. Or even sports analytics. Yeah, sports analytics. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there, you know anybody, we'd love to have them on um, or, or, you know, do a phone interview or whatever just to hear kind of the process. Like, and we're not we're not spreadsheet math guys, so right. we, we just go out and, you know, we're momentum guys. <laughs> so, um, like, we just, hey, we, you know, hope that – you know, put the game plan in, can bring the energy and, and hope that that wins, you yeah. know, like with, you know, make some calculated decisions, but um, it'd be, it'd be interesting to talk to somebody that's very much on the other side of it. Um, so hopefully we can find somebody. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I think it'd be, I think it'd be an interesting conversation. So yeah. um, no, I think that's a gr- great spot to kind of wrap it up. Um, check out the team store. We got some winter stuff as the, uh, as the yep. seasons change. Um, yeah, check out the team store, 36across.com. We got a tab, um, kind of go from there, but, um, yeah, looking forward to get after it this weekend with the teams and, um, you know, we'll have an update for you guys soon. Sounds good.